Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We're talking about the biggest names to add on your waiver wire for week two next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to FFT in 5, where week one is officially in the books. After the Seahawks surprisingly hung on for a, an upset win over Russell Wilson and the Broncos in a, a game where Geno Smith really cooked for the first half, at least. The Seahawks offense kind of fell apart once the, once the Broncos got the script down. But I'm here with Dan Schneier. We're going to talk about that game's biggest winners and losers before we move on to the top waiver wire targets for week two. And Dan, I'm interested in your thoughts on a winner from this game because I, I'm not sure there's an obvious one. Maybe, maybe you think there is. I don't think there's an obvious one at all. As far as winners go, I would say my lean would be Javante Williams based on the fact that he was more involved okay. than Melvin Gordon, but obviously the fumbles were there. But he was involved in the pass game, which you want to see. But I'll say Cortland Sutton because he did seem to be more involved from a target standpoint than Jerry Judy, though at the end they did start to get Judy a little involved. Um, so it's tough to find an obvious winner in this, but I'd probably go with maybe those three. Yeah, Javante's a tough one because mm-hmm. he did get the 12 targets. He was heavily involved in right. their comeback attempt, but – Seven carries to to Melvin Gordon's 12. I think you could argue at least relative to expectations. Javante could be argued as a loser for this week because the game script's not always going to feature as many of those dump offs as we saw to Javante, but that's fine. We'll uh, we'll move on. Who do you think is a loser from this game? I mean, I have to start with this one unrelated to fantasy. Nathaniel Hackett, that was one of the worst coaching performances I've ever <laughs> seen in a debut bad, for yeah. a coach. Between the clock management, him and the OC, if they were cooking through the air. They just took the ball out of the air, decided to try yeah. to play for a field goal. The, the false starts, all the chaos penalties. But from a fantasy standpoint, the biggest loser for me is Tyler Lockett here because yeah. there's just not going to be enough pass volume to go around for him and DK. And it does feel like DK is the lead target here, and he's going to continue to be that way. And he's also the more impressive receiver on, at least for this specific quarterback skill set. Yeah, I was surprised that Geno Smith didn't take more deep shots with DK. Yep. He had seven targets, seven catches, 36 yards. That's you, know, you can do the math on that one your own, but not a lot of air yards there. Tyler Lock had four four targets, three catches, 28 yards. So not a lot going on. The, the Seahawks got some good production out of a bunch of random tight ends early on. None <laughs> of them named Noah Fant. Uh, so that was pretty bad sign for him. Uh, but yeah, Weird game. The Seahawks got a lot out of their scripted offense early on. I'm not sure that's something that I expect to to look like that moving forward. But let's move on to the top waiver wire targets for week two. You can listen to the full episode of Fantasy Football today and check out Jamie Eisenberg's full waiver wire column column on Tuesday morning for more. But let's just go through each position and hit the highlights. Uh, quarterback, is Marcus Mariota? the top waiver wire target coming off that 72 rushing yard performance, or would you rather have someone like Ryan Tannehill or, or Jameis Winston or, or Justin, Justin Fields, who are all like in the 60 to 70% rostered rate. Range. I think if you're in a spot where you lost Dak Prescott for the year, I wouldn't be looking at Mariota because I do remain unconvinced. He's going to be the starter long-term there. I think they're mm-hmm. going to have to get a look at Desmond Ritter, 
I really like Jameis Winston of the bunch that you sure. mentioned. I think Winston has the tools right now when it comes to Mike Thomas, who's showing again why he's the best red zone receiver in the NFL with his body control and his ability on those back shoulder balls. Olave and Landry, I thought, looked really good when I went yeah. back and watched the game pass. So all three of those look, players are looking good. He has really good weapons there and a pretty good offensive line. So it would be Winston for me. All right, at running back is Jeff. Jeff Wilson's the obvious top choice with Elijah Mitchell out. You know, at, at least it sounds like six to eight weeks. Najee Harris, they're saying it's not a serious injury, but I think Jalen Warren's still going to be worth rostering just because this is already a recurrence of the injury that Najee Harris was dealing with in training camp. But Wilson's going to be the main guy if you need someone for week two, especially. And look, if you're like me and you have a team with Cam, Cam Akers and Devin Singletary as your top two running backs, you might need to blow mm-hmm. the bank on Jeff Wilson. How much of your fab budget would you bid on him? I really like Wilson. Uh, I'm not as big on Warren because I just think that from what I saw from that offensive line with the Steelers, it's disaster yeah. zone. And Mitch was really bad. But as far as Wilson goes, he has a proven track record of having some fan success, albeit on a small sample size, within the same system. The biggest issue, though, for me with Wilson, which is why I probably only spend like 35 to 40 percent of my budget, is this 49ers offensive line has been trending down. It was considerably worse last season than it was the year before. And from what I saw in week one against the Bears front that lost its two best players, Nikki Nicks and Khalil Mack, I was yeah. really disappointed with that 49ers offensive line. So I'm a bit scared now of really that entire offense. All right. Rank these wide receivers in terms of your priority ad list. Tyler Boyd. With T. Higgins dealing with that concussion. Yes. Jarvis Landry, like you mentioned, 114 yards in the opener. Sterling Shepard uh, actually looked pretty good. 72 yards, had that big touchdown, showed some, showed he still got some speed, although there was a you know busted coverage on that one. Mm-hmm. Or Curtis Samuel, who I thought was arguably one of the biggest storylines of week one. You know, four carries, 11 targets, lined up in the backfield a bunch of times. Kind of an East Coast Debo Samuel. You know, you know, very, very poor man, Debo Samuel. But uh, how would you rank Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, Sterling Shepard, and Curtis Samuel? And did I weight it enough to Curtis Samuel's favor? <laughs> well, I got to be, I got to be honest. Chris deserves all the credit in the world because he called this out as kind of a Debo Samuel light role about like a month and a half ago. On if you, you you can dig back and find it if you went back through our website, but. It's really interesting to me to see how Scott Turner used him, the coordinator for the commanders. It was almost like this wasn't Terry McLaurin's target share. It wasn't, it was almost like an even split between the three of them. So mm-hmm. I really like Samuel. The first one for me would be Jarvis Landry because I was just so insanely impressed with what he was able to do out there and really how he looked. It looked like the prime Landry. So I'd go Landry, Samuel, and Shepard. And who was the third? Who was the fourth one you mentioned? Uh, Tyler Boyd. Yeah, Boyd would still be last for me. I think this concussion won't linger too long. All right. Any tight ends worth adding? I, I like Gerald Everett at 59% yes. rostered. I, I think he's probably the obvious one. Yeah. Everett for me was someone I drafted in all leagues. He was my version of the Alberto or David Nujoku, whoever everybody yeah. liked as their last round tight end. I think he's a receiver playing the tight end position. I think Justin Herbert raved about him on the Yahoo Sports fan, the podcast with yep. Austin Eckler. So did Eckler. And he had a great camp and it converted to week one. And that was a really tough catch he made on a laser from Herbert and he had great body control to get in the end zone. So it won't be there every week. It's never every we're there every week for anyone, but Travis Kelsey basically these days, but it'll be there sometimes. All right. That's going to do it for fantasy football today in five for more waiver wire help. Make sure you go to cbssportscom slash fantasy for Jamie Eisenberg's full column or check out the full episode of fantasy football today. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.